0: And welcome to another episode of Another Film Podcast. My name is Matt.
1: My name is Colin.
0: My name is Tierney. And today we have a very special guest for this episode. Uh, you may know him as my roommate. Uh, and not <laughs> Freddie, who you met on the previous episode. My other roommate, uh, Chris, an old friend from DePaul and uh, current roommate, uh, welcome to the show, Chris.
2: Thank you so Whee! much for having me. Um, you know, I'm I'm sad that Freddie beat me, but this is very exciting. Back to back roommates. Um, yeah, I'm I'm ready. Let's let's do it.
0: <laughs> and uh, and of course, so last week, obviously, our last episode, uh, we had Freddie on for Jaws, which was our special July Fourth episode. But today, Chris is joining us for our Kubrick retrospective ish uh to discuss another kubrick film uh maybe not uh,
1: what if you know we'll discuss but what if we what, what if you intro him like chris is here to discuss a not kubrick movie during our kubrick retrospective
2: <laughs> just like
1: really throw everybody for a loop <laughs> just a very different movie yeah i'm here to talk oh, wait, about screen on.
2: Talking about Scream, right? Oh yeah. fuck yeah.
1: I'm ready. <laughs> Literally anytime. Let's talk about Scream. <laughs> I'll do it right now. That's sorry, not film. sorry, Matt or Tierney. <laughs> we'll do all we'll do all five. Um,
0: but no, we are we are discussing this week the uh, oh god, what year did it come out? Does anyone know offhand? The, the 1975 period piece uh, comedy epic Barry Lyndon. Um, which uh a lot of us saw for the first time for this podcast but um we'll go around and say our individual experiences with it um since you know he's our guest of honor chris if you would like to go first uh what is your viewing history with the film
2: yeah no i'd love to um i'd love to talk about it uh so uh, you know, I'm a pretty big Kubrick fan. Uh, I would say that um, this is the only one of like his uh, his sort of like what's considered like classic films that I haven't seen. Um, this isn't gonna like show up because it's a podcast, but if we were doing um, if there was a visual component to this podcast, I guess you would see in the frame behind me, I have 2001 framed on my wall. Um, and that's like uh, it was actually it was the first episode of you guys that I listened to was that um, which was again very exciting because it's like a top 5 top 10 film for me uh, and and I got to find out exciting things like that Tierney Tierney and I have similar feelings about Wes Anderson um, but <laughs> yeah. but but more more to the point uh, I was extremely excited to come on and talk about another Kubrick film I, I mean yeah I don't know it's uh, broadly speaking I want to like Stop myself from ranting too much, uh, but I thought this movie was great. It's really long. Um, I think that you know uh, has had always been the thing that was keeping me from from actually finally sitting down and doing it. But you know, is it is it gonna crack my Kubrick? You know, top three? No, but like I don't know. Maybe someday I'm I'm excited to watch it again at some point And yeah, I just it had. Uh, it had basically everything I wanted in a Kubrick film. And also, again, uh, quite quite funny. So we can get back to that, I'm sure. Totally.
0: Uh, I'll roll off from Chris's because Chris and I watched it together um, in theaters at uh, Braindead Studios here in the Fairfax district of Los Angeles. Is
1: that the and one that's just, like, right around the corner from your place? Yeah. Yeah. Spitting distance. Yeah. Um, it like we
0: walked over and we were there in like two minutes and fantastic only added to the convenience that it's a three-hour movie and by the time we got out we didn't even have to walk home very far um but (laughs) pay for parking (laughs) for
3: three hours
1: Exactly. Did you guys, yeah. did you just like run home quick and grab a snack during the intermission? Like you were that close and you were like, <laughs> we're not going to pay for the inter, like we're not going to pay for concessions. We'll just go home and get popcorn real quick. <laughs>
2: that would have been yeah. smart. That would have been smart. I, I did go out and buy a soda. I should have just it would have taken me, you know, two minutes. So,
0: <laughs> and the problem was the intermission was a lie. It was like, it said intermission and everyone was like, Oh, and people started getting up and then it immediately started again. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's everyone's going to miss the first brain dead's like, we're
2: not actually doing this, but yeah, we, yeah.
0: no, thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: but we did see it, uh, just, was that last week? Was it that recent?
2: Yeah. I think it was just, just over a week ago.
0: Wow. Um, But, yeah, I don't even know why they were necessarily screening it. Um, But it was showing in the theater. Um, The Brain Dead Theater itself is, like, pretty cozy, uh, (laughs) but, like, only made the experience that much cooler because it just felt like this, like, little intimate screening. And, yeah, long movie, but fun throughout. uh, And, like, feels like Kubrick in the amount of attention that is put into, like, all of the production aspects uh and feels like kubrick in the humor that it shares with like dr strangelove Mm -hmm. but doesn't feel like kubrick in terms of like the kind of like cerebral Mm -hmm. like strangeness that can sometimes be part of his movies um so i think like it's a really interesting one to talk about in terms of like what is is kubrick capable of uh and how much range does he have in his entire library? Since I, this is also one of his classics, or like at least most beloved films that I also hadn't seen until now, so um, I really enjoyed it, and I'm interested to hear uh, other folks' thoughts. Uh, I'll go
3: next. Uh, Spoiler
4: alert on his range, though it's pretty big.
1: Yeah, wide.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, he that can is pretty much do
4: anything.
1: Truly um i so i also had not seen this movie until watching it for this episode um i will say that i have owned this movie for several years (laughs) because uh i am a sucker for criterion sales and you know was going through the list at the at my barnes and noble a few years ago during one of their 50 percent off sales and i was like sure i like some of stanley kubrick's movies let's buy this one And then I did not realize that it was three hours long. So, like, the first time I went to go watch it, I saw how long it was. I was like, oh, God, no, I don't have time for this right now. (laughs) And then I didn't have time for it for a very long time. But I finally made the time for it uh, the other night. And I thought it was really good. Um, I kind of echo what Matt was saying. Like, I didn't. I was expecting to be a little bit more like challenged by this movie based on like the other, again, I have not seen a lot of Kubrick films, but the few that I have seen are a little bit more challenging. Um, And so I thought this movie was like very good, very well done, very entertaining. I did not, I was not bored at all during the three, even though it is a three hour long movie, I was not, I was never bored, but I did just feel it was like fairly like simple. Um, which is not a, not a knock um, by any means, but uh, just definitely not what I was expecting. So I'm very curious to hear where this conversation goes. <laughs> so, um, But Tierney, I think you're the only one who had seen this before.
4: Yes. So this is actually my third time watching it. Um, I saw it at some point in my mom's basement. I have no idea how old I was. Um <laughs> Yeah, so at some point I saw it then, and then I watched, I know I watched it again in 2015, I think, Um, because one of my friends in grad school, this is his favorite movie, like, of all time, Um, and he's actually getting married on Sunday, but uh,
1: he's... Is it Barry Lyndon-themed? <laughs> no, that would but. Be quite, that was <laughs> quite the wedding. <laughs> <It'd> be intense.
3: <laughs> Risky.
4: But uh, he loves historical fiction and he primarily writes historical fiction. Um, and so he's actually published a book that takes place around this time. Oh, wait, no. That was the one he wrote during. Doesn't take place around this time. It takes place in the 1910s. But he has written stuff that takes place around this time. And there's like interlap. Like you can basically tell the Barry Lyndon influences in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he was like, oh, it's my favorite movie. And I was like, I haven't watched that in a while. so I watched it again. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then I watched it again this time. One of those times I think I fell asleep halfway through and had to redo half of it. Um, (laughs) but this time I stayed awake the whole way through. Um, and yeah, it still slaps. I still think it's really good. Um, it, uh, tests the 21st century, short attention span patience um but sure. i think it's worth it for sure and it's like the novel form of a of a movie it's worth the whole read um yeah also the cinematographer's name is almost my dad's name <laughs> oh really <laughs> uh, it's just one letter is different in the last name his name wow. is john john alcott um so every time i saw it i was like what <laughs> dad, you my
0: didn't shoot this that? movie. Yeah. <laughs> A movie known for the cinematography. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, one of the most yeah. beautiful
1: movies ever made. <laughs> like, oh Dad, you didn't tell me you had this in your back pocket.
4: <laughs> I should also say that my friend who is obsessed with it is also from rural Ireland and so the fact that most of this was filmed mm-hmm. there and you have like those like gorgeous landscape shots was probably also like me, I'm in the movie, <laughs> um, which isn't always the case for many countries. But anyway, uh,
0: yeah, but yeah, I think that's a nice yeah. I think that's a nice way to roll into it. Actually, it's like it is yeah. uh, about Ireland in the, with the occupation of Britain in Ireland, uh, which I didn't know. I didn't really know what Barry Lyndon was about until it started, uh, and then I was like, oh, of course, Tony's gonna love it because <laughs> it's all about the the Irish kind of being like ugh these British invaders uh, but uh, but yeah I mean let's let's just roll right into it where where should we start with this kind of epic three hour morality
2: tale
4: um...
2: <laughs> I mean well, th- I have, it's, I, oh. well yeah no I I, I go on tyranny as the you 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 have seen this three times so <laughs> we, we, I think we'll defer to you.
4: Oh, I mean, I just had. If we were going to talk about where to start, uh, the two Feeney lads who are by the bar and they ask him to stay for a drink while the old lady brings in water is very funny. It's like in the first five minutes. That's I was. You guys asked where to start, and that was a note that I had. What <laughs> start? And then they later rob him. <laughs>
0: I mean, is that the first five minutes? I feel like that's way after the cousin okay, yeah. debacle. But it feels um, really early. I mean, in the three-hour movie, I think, like, statistic or, like, percentage-wise, yeah. it's probably the first 5% <laughs> of the movie for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that beginning is so overtly comical yeah. to have it be, like, this is where all of his troubles started. <laughs> and for it to be, like... His cousin. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, if you find the... Uh, the handkerchief i'll give you a case, <laughs> I, I can't find it <laughs> without me looking just like right off the bat it was like way funnier than i was expecting it to be as a period piece as a kubrick movie as a 70s like film uh very funny uh where everyone in the theater we were like laughing out loud so
1: yeah I had several moments, I just watched this alone in my apartment, but I had several moments where I was, like, laughing out loud to myself, and I was like, I do wish that I could have seen this in a theater, because I, or at least with other people, like, if I would have had some friends over or something, because, like, I do think that there are some moments that I would have found even funnier had I had that, like, communal aspect, um, which is a little bit of a bummer, but maybe someday I can... I too can sit in the movie theater for three plus hours (laughs) (laughs) with
2: no real. (laughs) There's
4: a lot of movies who have come out since then that are three hours and not nearly as good.
2: Oh yeah.
1: This is uh, Avengers Endgame slander, and I will. I not wasn't gonna.
4: I wasn't gonna name names. But, Again, I will know, agree just,
2: with Tierney on that. We know then, how
4: like. I feel about that
0: movie. But
2: Matt Barry Lyndon or the Batman? What's you know? What's where Ooh, are we going my
3: shit. here? Oh Oh, Oh no!
0: I mean, in terms of humor, Barry Lyndon. Yeah. In terms of movies that I uh, will continue to watch repeatedly, the Batman.
3: That's yeah. No have. fair.
0: But I mean, as like a film, as a complete thing, I mean, Barry Lyndon is kind of this like remarkable, I mean, they don't make movies like this anymore, like the pacing is so much slower, mm-hmm. like you were saying, it really tests the, like, attention span of a normal audience. I think, it's... we mentioned Elvis uh, with the, on the Jaws episode, but like, <laughs> Chris also saw Elvis with us. Oh yeah. And, my God, it's a movie that doesn't let you blink between shots. <laughs> it's just like inundation with edits and you know against this movie which i mean elvis is also close to three hours it's, it's two hours long. and 40 yeah. isn't it like yeah it's so long i uh, was gonna so like uh, that compared to this is like night and day
4: yeah i was gonna when i was thinking of three hour movies you guys aren't gonna believe it but i actually wasn't thinking of endgame um i was thinking of <laughs> Uh, Wolf of Wall Street and Casino are both very very long but they do the same thing that you're talking about where they just cut 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 repeatedly oh, yeah. to try and yeah. keep people interested whereas this one I you have room to breathe and it's like much more like immersive
2: mm-hmm. not the Irishman though I mean not, not, oh. to get, not, to, not to pivot to Scorsese, but... God bless.
1: <laughs> God I thought bless I all, all three a and a half hours of The Irishman. Oh, yeah. God. I
0: don't know. I feel like we might have mentioned it on this pod before, but Chris, yeah. uh, throughout 2020, <laughs> or was it 2021? Was it 2020? It was, twi- it
2: was 2020. It was because I started doing it, like, in the early days of the pandemic.
0: Uh, but Chris would watch The Irishman every day, in 2020 and post about it to be like doing my daily watch the irishman
3: did i watch all three and a
2: half hours every day is that the question and the answer is yes i absolutely did
3: (laughs) Uh, freddie will tell you you He'll, he'll,
2: he'll he'll verify it um but yeah no if you do an irishman episode like literally like i i mean i can't i can't not be on it i'll you know
1: i think that might just be you and me because i don't know if i'm ever going to convince the two of them as much as i've tried i don't think i could ever convince the two of them to watch that movie that's the length of a television show
2: it is it's a mini series basically yeah (laughs) Um, anyway
3: (laughs) anyway back to mary Linda. uh you know
0: it's a big movie so we don't have to stay in the first five minutes uh but i think the other movie that i thought of when watching it at least in the beginning especially with the the bar scene that you're talking about tyranny of this kind of like kind of dumbass young mm-hmm. hotshot who is thrust into adventure because of a short-sighted poor decision that he made a very big
2: green knight. Yep. Vibe.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. that that's uh, oh man, yeah, that's really. I was like,
4: if he doesn't say this, I'm gonna be so pissed.
0: Yeah. It, basically, just from that, like the opening, like section of him, like causing trouble that doesn't need to be caused, and then getting robbed immediately on mm-hmm. his journey. I was like, oh, this is the Green
1: Knight. I wonder if the Green Knight was inspired by, Barry Lyndon. It has to know. have been. Yeah. I mean, at least in some part, and I think like to well, go back to. What we the were book talking or about the earlier. Movie? I mean, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the book the, of Green Knight.
0: The at book at of all. the Green Knight, which came <laughs> out <laughs> in like
3: 1100. Like the, yeah, 1100. yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, okay, <so>. no. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: Chaucer was like, mm, <laughs> Barry Lyndon's a cool story. <laughs> but I think, like, we were talking, you know, the pacing of Barry Lyndon, the pacing of Green Knight is also very slow and very deliberate. So mm-hmm. I do think that, like, I would imagine David Lowry was using Barry Lyndon as like a a major touchpoint for like what he was yeah. doing
2: with The Green Knight. And to episodic in a lot of ways too, I, w- I would say. Oh, for sure.
4: Yeah. yeah. Um also both were filmed in Ireland and also both uh was a note that I made as well that was a similar thing that I said on the Green Knight episode which is Men are so stupid that for hundreds of years they resolve conflicts by seeing who could shoot each other faster. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Accurate. <laughs>
0: Man, I know that I said sometimes we go in sequential order, but like that final duel in this movie is so fucking funny yeah. and so good. It's wild. We'll, we'll describe <laughs> it more, I'm
1: sure, after we talk about more. Of we can jump to like it now. It. I mean, we can jump to it.
0: I, I mean, just far the far duels in point.
2: general are such key scenes you know
1: yeah yeah Uh, and they're like
0: i feel like hamilton has really thrown the duels and rules of duels back into like the zeitgeist yeah and these rules were like slightly different from that too where it was really like god what a dumb so fucking stupid (laughs) satisfaction. like i demand satisfaction being like god what a stupid way to
1: resolve a conflict so nobody wins
4: the gauntlet's fun too
1: the gauntlet is hilarious I was laughing oh, yeah. so hard
4: we used to do as a complete tangent but we used to do a drill and swim practice that was someone had to swim across the pool and it was called the gauntlet and everyone took their kickboards and just splashed them in the face and they had to swim butterfly and so when you come up for air you'd be just drinking water
3: Jeez. Wow. that doesn't th-
1: that sounds like you could have killed someone <laughs> I think it was a it was like a punishment usually yeah I don't think that you should be punished. In like elementary yeah. school, middle school swim club oh, this by is like high maybe school. drowning. Okay, <laughs> still not not quite the punishment I would like. When I was in uh, high school sports, and you were you know punished, you had to like run around the football field. Like that's a little bit different than like yeah, maybe you're gonna inhale too much water and drown. <laughs> like, those stakes are pretty high.
4: <laughs> it was really fun though, both to be the swimmer and the. Gauntlet you and I people. have
1: very different definitions of what would be fun. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, so I was first aware of th- that component of this movie from the screen drafts podcast. And I don't know if any of you are familiar, but the way that they always start the game to figure out like who's going to draft in what order. As uh, they do a trivia round, and one of their rules for trivia is the Lord Bullingdon rule, which is that,
3: like,
1: <laughs> like, it's just like a, you know, they ask the question and anybody can yell it out, but once you've answered the question, if you got it wrong, you have to wait until everybody else has answered before you get another <laughs> shot, um, and so I, like, that was, like, a, like, one of the few things I knew about this movie, so, like, the whole time, like, ever since you, like, meet Lord Bullingdon, I was, like, all right, like, where is this going to come into play? <laughs> and I definitely, I mean, obviously like, I knew it was going to be a duel. <clears throat> I assumed it would be a duel with Barry Lyndon, but I was not expecting it to play out quite the way that it did, which like you said, Matt, was very funny. And it's yeah. like so drawn out, like the entire final duel, like from like when it's getting set up to like when it's finally over is like 15, maybe 20 minutes. Like it just, it takes so long. long. (laughs) It's just in real time. (laughs) Like Lord Bullington just like totally fucking up and being like so nervous and twitchy that he just like has to sit there. And then when he just throws up immediately, like all of that stuff (laughs) is just gold, just pure gold.
4: Do you know who he reminded me of? Is in uh, Northman, the. I call him Aldi Dan Radcliffe, the. Uh, like, prince what? or whatever that gets got through the stomach in the bed? No? Oh, no,
2: yeah, yeah. I don't remember
4: him. He just is like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that I think is interesting about this one is that uh, Lord Billington's not wrong. Yeah. like he's actually the voice of reason but you're like shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah
0: I feel like I wasn't like I was pretty much rooting for him from the start and like he's a little like prissy little boy but I was kind of like when is he gonna get his when is this guy gonna get back? but he doesn't and, like, get his I mean he does though doesn't he he gets I mean, he Barry gets his and then some
2: yeah. Barry gets his yeah uh, I mean, that's such an interesting thing. I, like, I truly, through so much of the movie, it's like you're like, this guy is just such a dumb, beautiful idiot. And, it, like, a like a beautiful, cruel idiot sometimes, which is why I was surprised kind of I felt anything for him by the time we got to the end. Um, and I don't know if that's something that's in the performance or... But, yeah, that like, that final duel, Barry? it was like... Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Barry. Um like it's the the final duel it's weird because like yeah in the scope of things maybe he deserves what happens to him but um I I don't know I weirdly weirdly I found myself rooting for him by the end which I was surprised about
4: Bullington or Barry
2: but Barry definitely definitely not I mean Bullington well I mean Bullington is again
4: he's the voice of reason but you kind of hate
2: him (laughs) yeah that's where again that's totally where I was at with it
1: I think he was annoying the entire, like, every time, like, Bullington was, like, just a really annoying character from Jump. But I think the thing that, like, solidified me as never being able to be on his side is when they do, like, the time jump. And it goes from, like, child Bullingdon to, like, the older one. And he's just, like, sitting in front of his mother, just, like, holding her hand. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? So Come
3: ridiculous. On.
0: He's a real mother boy. That's a, That's a true... That's <laughs> a true 100% Buster mother boy. Yeah. Which, like, is kind of, like, the conflict in the end. is like, it's him fighting... It's, like, Buster fighting, I guess not George I guess George because George is not his dad George is like his uncle (laughs) because Oscar's his dad yeah anyway like (laughs) I mean also like he's so mean to his little brother Mm -hmm. that you're kind of like come on give the kid a break but I mean I kind of was on his side because I mean Here's another character that I think Lord Bullington is very much like. Uh, if anyone watches The Simpsons, he's very much the Frank Grimes character that's like, oh, yeah. come on, you can't see through this asshole. Like, this guy clearly is, like, ripping everyone off. And they're like, stop talking so loud. To <laughs> and, yeah, like, and God, like, why doesn't anyone... Yeah, he's very much that. Which, like, he kind of becomes... Barry Lyndon in some ways at the end of just being this, like, young guy who's like, no, I'm gonna take my shot, and I'm gonna make sure that it, like, it counts. Yeah. Uh, which, like, I mean, for the first duel, that captain is also such a little priss. Like, from the moment you see him marching and, like, his little faces <laughs> of, like, i mm, I'm so proud of being a little, like, dandy red coat.
2: <laughs> so, like, this is one of the most interesting things about the movie to me, and I don't know if we want to, like, go back to plot before talking about this, but this movie and The Green Knight, like, what they're saying about masculinity, um, uh, whether intentional or not intentional, like, I find myself thinking while watching this movie, like, there's this weird aspect where it's, like, Barry's almost the only, like, real man, like, in terms of traditional masculinity throughout the movie. It's, like, everyone else are these kind of, like, little Lord Fauntleroys, or like, I, I guess the other <laughs> the other sort of type you would have would be these sort of like, kind of like no fun like military dudes. But like Barry's the only guy where it's kind of like, you know, he's just he's just like a dude. He's just like you know handsome manly dude, um, and yet he's uh, like he also can't get ahead in this society, um, which is weird because like it's interesting to think that like. That sort of, like, archetype, the Barry Lynn archetype, it's like, you know, if you're a good-looking, dumb white man in, like, contemporary America, like, there is is nothing you can't do. Like, you can go as far as you want to. But it's interesting about, like, something about, like, this society, like, the class issue, the Irish of it all. uh, It's like, he shouldn't be a sympathetic character because he is just this, like, you know, he's like a jock. He's like a dumb, again, just like a dumb, white, beautiful you know uh kind of cruel moron and yet you know um for some reason in this society uh he he's he's not able to he's not able to thrive which i found really really interesting
4: that's yes, okay yeah. okay the caste system
3: <laughs> yeah yeah
4: is that what it's called it's like, or is that do i have that wrong yeah. where you have like peasants and
0: yeah like feudalism yeah that's right. yeah <clears throat> Yeah, but yeah, and that idea that, too, like, he's Irish, so that's a point against him for the British. And I do think there's something funny that, like, Ryan O'Neill is really not trying to do a No Irish or British <laughs> or yeah, any sort of no. accent. He's just Ryan O'Neill as himself. <laughs> and everyone is, like, prissy and proper around him. And he's just kind of like, oh, sure, okay, yeah. Or, like, making up lies <laughs> about his, like, heroic exploits uh and it like is fun to watch this like yeah beautiful american idiot mm-hmm. just kind of like con his way through the ranks and through high society um, and maybe that's yeah i think that is kind of something about like he's ripping off the rich and so we mm. feel less like you know who cares but he is a cruel man especially in adulthood like yeah. he doesn't need to treat bullington like that Uh, And does nothing to really win the trust of Bullington to not have it go where it goes. He's, like, a shithead to him. And, like, also cheats on his mom. Like, is a shithead to that family. He he
1: deserves everything he gets coming to him. The scene where they're, like, in the carriage... And he's just like smoking that pipe And she's like, would you, could you not? And he just blows smoke directly in her face (laughs) Man, this guy sucks
2: shit
3: (laughs) Paints a very vivid picture
2: He's (laughs) also a mama's boy Which is so like, I think also There's something kind of like perfect about that You know Yeah. Um, Like the only only woman he's able to really stick by At the end is his mom um, Which I think is great
4: I also realized so when you were talking about how everyone in the movie is like a, lore font font whatever you know what I'm trying to say, um like these little like hoo 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 guys the other version of the male is basically a con artist, and I, are most of them Irish, because <laughs> you have the <laughs> Feenies in the beginning and then you have the oh, oh yeah. no the dude in the army is just trying to start a fight and then I was gonna say you have the spy at the end to to where like it's you're either like a hoo-hoo-hoo or like i'm gonna steal you for everything you're worth
3: (laughs) yeah
2: the irish are definitely they're definitely like the only like i feel like dudes in the movie who are really i don't know the only ones who are portrayed as fun i guess
0: (laughs) (laughs) the the reveal that the spy uh or like that the narration i think also is like fairly effective yeah Mm -hmm in the mm-hmm. movie because it like is surprising the directions that Barry Lyndon decides to go like deciding to become part of the army to like stay kind of hidden and then being like I hate this I'm gonna a <laughs> wall, and also the scene between the two gay <laughs> soldiers in the <laughs> water so ridiculous. Ridiculous. like I have to ride away and he's like no don't leave <laughs> like it, it isn't even like a joke on those gay characters it's just like this scene happening and barry just being like well this worked out well." Yeah. And just stealing and riding <laughs> away which is like such a fun surprise that like all of this kind of happens to him where he just takes the opportunities that are giving. yeah like, above all he's just an opportunist mm-hmm. he's given opportunities and uses them in whatever way is best for him uh and to like get caught and then have to actually join a difficult army And have that lead to him meeting this con artist and instantly Mm -hmm. being like, oh, I'll just, like, give up my cover and benefit from the fact that we're both Irish so that I don't have to be in the army anymore and, like, I can go to parties and shit is, like, (laughs) such a fun surprise. And for that guy to be like, oh, come here, come here, my boy, like, oh, we're the same, I'll take care of you. Like, there's so many fun turns in his fate uh and i mean but the whole thing you do feel like okay when is the other shoe gonna drop like you can't just keep getting away with this over and over again but for
1: the first half of the movie he certainly does
3: (laughs) yeah
0: constantly
4: (laughs) who did colin who did you say was going to be cast as him
1: oh yeah so i was doing some uh light googling and apparently uh robert redford was Mm. initially offered the role of Barry Lyndon and he turned it down. And so they went to Ryan O'Neill, but I was like, Oh shit. Like I, I'm having a really, like, I think it still would have been great, but I'm having like a really hard time imagining Robert Redford as Barry Lyndon.
2: I think Redford, yeah, I definitely, he definitely fits the character. I mean, uh, you know, physically and everything, It's. I think it makes sense. Um, I wonder if Ryan O'Neill is almost a better choice because Ryan O'Neill, I think, is also kind of known for being a, like, beautiful, cruel idiot. Um, <laughs> and there's, a, there's like, an almost lack of self-awareness, I wonder, that he brings to the performance where it just, like, even in the acting, it does not feel like he's trying very hard, which is kind of what I like about it so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. I will say, like, for the first, like, half hour or so, I was like, man, I, I know that this movie is, like, really highly regarded, but, like, the fact that the main character, the like, the title <laughs> character is, like, just so uninteresting to watch, I was like, what's happening? And then I finally figured out, like, oh, okay, it's all part of, like, it's all part of everything. I was like, okay, that this makes more sense now. But, like, I did have a while where I was just like, uh guys this is
2: bad (laughs) it's also the way it's written too though it's like we're you know again like uh in screenwriting you talk again and again about like active characters right and Barry's like again for most of the film such a passive character where things are just happening to him Mm -hmm. it's like whether he's falling ass backwards into you know uh, his positions, or money, or women, it's just like all the stuff is basically happening to him, and of course when he tries to make his own decisions, it goes horribly wrong. His son
4: dies. Yeah.
2: Oh man. Uh, uh, that's, yeah, that's a whole, the, the son <laughs> yeah. thing.
0: There's a specific moment too that uh, I noticed you, Chris, nod to when it was happening, and I was like, oh yeah, like you picked up this shot is for his birthday the little boy is in this like ornate gilded carriage being like carried around and everyone's like "Wee, happy birthday and then when he dies that same carriage has his (laughs) tiny coffin in it and they're just marching solemnly (laughs) in the same carriage in the same area and it's like I think it's even like he's moving towards the right of the screen when it's his birthday, yeah. he's moving towards the left of the screen. Mm. When it's his funeral, but like that kind of mirrored uh, shot is like I mean, very Kubrick to have like that kind of match. Yeah, but it's so funny too that it's like it the is.
2: same exact carriage. It is. It's so funny. Like it's it's very sad, of course, because you know a child died. But I'm also thinking thinking this. You know, even as you know, it's not like um, it's not like our audience was you know. Busting out with laughter at that point, but when you get the like little, little child carriage being pulled by like goats or like sheep, like I forget what it is, or maybe it's a like it's just like this this it's such an absurd tableau, um and yet that is around the time in the movie where I was like okay I'm kind of starting to feel sorry for Barry even though he's a pretty horrible human being.
4: They set you up pretty well for that to show you how much he cares about his son, and then. Kill him. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: It's the only thing he's like a decent man at is being a father to his own child. Not to his stepson, but to his own son. Um and like literally there's like nothing else that he's like a good man at. He's like pretty awful with finances. He's pretty awful at like being a good stepdad or he's good at like cheating his way out
4: of things. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And but
3: yeah, cheating, the,
1: literally. Yeah,
4: cheating. <laughs> yeah. The um, line he says before his son dies reminded me a lot of Phantom Thread. Um, where he says, he says mm. kiss me, my boy, for we'll never meet again. As opposed to like, kiss, oh, me, uh, kiss me,
3: my
1: girl, before
2: I'm sick. This would be an interesting, <laughs> an interesting double, double feature. feature with Phantom
3: <laughs> Thread. Yeah.
4: I wouldn't be surprised if that was intentional. Like,
3: yeah.
0: mm.
4: Paul Thomas Anderson says he watches a lot of Turner classic movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one also felt like the favorite for obvious reasons.
2: Oh, totally, yes. That was what yeah. that was, and I think people talked about that when the favorite came out, but I remember thinking that watching the movie where I was like, oh, yeah, there's like such a connection here. Yeah,
0: and obviously, yeah, we all, like most of us, have seen Barry Lyndon now after all those other movies, but it is wild to see all the movies that this one three hour film inspired, mm-hmm. him, at least visually. Um, which, like, the visual aspect, we should also mention that, like, all of the movie is diegetic lighting, whatever, or non-diegetic, whatever Most it is. of it. Um,
4: the candlelight is all, but some of the outside shots, they used actual lights. But they yeah, chose to make it like, look like natural light.
2: Right, like, there's one shot, supposedly, where you can see a, a light hanging in the background, but I think especially, if we're talking about the cinematography, like, I was kind of, I, I think when people, um cool stills from this film. Um, I mean, what did you what did you say in your email, Matt? It's like paintings the movie or something like it is. It yeah. is these like very beautiful, <laughs> very painterly inside shots. Um, but like the amount of exteriors in the first half of this movie, like with maybe you know only one night shot, like it's just really interesting. Like you're shooting in these beautiful, you know, Irish locations outside primarily, and again, like you know that natural light. Like that really blew me away, is just how much of the movie is, you know, those exterior scenes.
1: Yeah, I so I went and saw The Handmaiden the other day. Um, and so I saw it at the Alamo and they have like their little pre-show that they do. And one of the things that they were doing in this one was just like, they were showing like classic works of art, like paintings, and then they were showing like movies that were like, mm. had shots that were like homages or recreations of those paintings. And there, there were two from Barry Lyndon, and I knew that we were watching it for this, <laughs> uh, for this episode. I hadn't watched it yet, but I was like, "Oh, that's fun!" Like the timing of this is really interesting. But like, there are like several shots from this movie that are, at minimum, homages, if not like direct recreations of. Like, I think actual... they're direct, yeah. Yeah, um, which I like, and so like there there's that, but then every single scene looks like it could be a painting like whether or not it actually is it just it looks like it very well could be um and I think I mentioned earlier that I thought it was like I liked the movie a lot but I thought it was like a fairly simple movie but I think that was one of the things that like really drew me in was just like even if I wasn't like that jazzed about like the story I was just like oh my god like I can't not stare at my screen right now (laughs) like I'm just so mesmerized by how beautiful all of this looks
0: yeah I think also
4: go ahead. Uh, you go, Tim. No. No, you
0: go.
3: Tim. No, you go. Uh, you go Tim. No, oh, please oh go. This could be fun. Um,
0: the I think the fact that because a lot of it is like trying to be authentic lighting and there are so many outdoor scenes it actually made me realize like oh back then people probably were outside most of the day cuz mm. inside would be so dark and not the most comfortable place to be. And so like like, all the things yeah. you know that, like, people went to go do of, like, walk around a park, walk around the gardens, stand near trees. Like, <laughs> that was part of, like, life back then. It was, like, naturally you spend most of your time in the daytime outside, and then at night you go inside and you light candles and stuff. But it kind of actually made me realize, like, oh, yeah, in a movie where you could just light an interior and you don't really care about how natural the lighting is Mm -hmm. you're probably putting most of your scenes in there just because it's easier to film but with this one it was like armies are outside the people like the duels are outside the like nice daytime activities everyone's just like outside and playing
4: also I think people went to bed pretty soon after nightfall um just because you only had candles but I definitely thought
3: that's
4: true um I definitely thought when you were starting that that you're gonna be like you know it really made me realize i absolutely thought you're gonna be like ireland is a really gorgeous country and i was <laughs> like what? thank you man
0: about what, a, what, a leap. <laughs> what a leap to assume that this would be the thing that made me realize ireland
4: <laughs> well we had just been country. talking about how they all looked like i mean some of it was in england but like we had just been talking about how they all looked like paintings i thought it was a very logical
0: Well, that's true. But even the indoor scene, like even like the dinner scenes, everything was like composed. Mm -hmm. where like everyone was standing in places that a painting would have. um, Or like having their like leg out just so like a painting. I mean, Ireland is a beautiful country. (laughs) No one is saying that it isn't. But, you know, England is a more beautiful country.
3: All right. I'm just saying it I'm, I'm
4: not gonna I'm not gonna, That's say, fired. I'm not gonna say anything um, I did read though that because it was filmed in or parts of it were filmed in Ireland in the 1970s that there was like a number of run-ins with the provisional oh. IRA oh, wow. and like Stanley Kubrick was constantly I mean not a number of run-ins I think there was one threat but up until that point he was like terrified that they were gonna kill him
1: Jesus I think there was like
4: One thing where they were like you need to leave And then he was just like gone
1: (laughs) I mean To be fair I also would Like like in that scenario If somebody was like you need to leave I'd be like okay see you never Like goodbye (laughs) You will literally never see me again Please please don't murder me
4: (laughs) I did go to like a uh, Estate Not quite a castle um, that's south of Dublin, where a number of the interior scenes were filmed, um, but I didn't really, all that's inside now is, like, a cafe. They've redone the whole thing. (laughs)
1: That feels right. Did you go there,
0: Matt, (laughs) to Powerscourt? I did go to Powerscourt.
3: Okay,
1: yeah. Yeah. There was
0: a wedding happening, um, and I was, like, almost photobobbed. Because they were, like, taking pictures everywhere, and we're like, we're just trying to look at these dead flowers, because it was so hot that all the grass was brown, and all the flowers were, like, scorched. Wow. So that wedding really took a hit, I'm sure, with those pictures, but,
3: um, They are probably yeah, thrilled it wasn't go.
0: raining. Uh, probably. <laughs> also, I mean, people were actually, at that point, like, when are we gonna get rain again, and, like, getting desperate for it, in a way that everyone was like we've never we've never begged for rain before <laughs> um, but yeah i actually thought of Power Sport when they were walking around in those opening scenes because i was like oh yeah this kind of looks like those like tiered gardens that just kind of go on and have like little ponds and stuff but um, yeah i mean also the end when he's living with lady uh linden or no his lady- mom no, his his wife, Lady Lyndon. Lady Lyndon. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. his real name is Redmond Barry. Yeah, and then he becomes. <laughs> yeah, that Belgian. was that was very confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole time I was like, "When is he going to be Barry Lyndon?" And
3: then I was
4: like, oh, I see. "Fun fact about uh, Redmond is my youngest sister. If she was a boy, her name was going to be Redmond.
3: Oh, apparently, it's uh, like a family
4: name, and no, I no one's like ever even heard of it." <laughs> 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 but no instead her name is lila
1: i mean pretty straightforward say on one hand that's less fun but on the other hand that's more fun so yeah. <laughs> also it's like I, I one really less boy should...
4: in my family which <laughs> i think is more fun <laughs> yeah,
1: one more sister.
4: It even the it even the scales a little bit <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh I love that he's so bad with money at the end and just like buys whatever he wants and like that one scene it's just like what a dupe like he thinks he's conning everyone else but he's the idiot where he's like looking at all the paintings and the like, giant painting and how, yeah. yeah how much is this one and they're like oh well I'm sure we could work something out and I was like oh god this is exactly <laughs> what they want you to do they, <laughs> all, they only want you for your money writing checks that your mom can't cash uh and for, like, the start fall-off of Grace when he beats Lord Bullington and everyone's like, oh, we're so busy. We can't
1: find the time
3: well, I, to come over. I was, I was laughing so
1: hard when... So, the, like, the guy, what whoever he was trying to impress, I can't remember his name, yeah. but he's like, gets the table and, the like, the server is like, oh, will somebody be joining you? And he's like, no, it's just me. So he <laughs> removes the place setting. But then Barry comes over and he's... He's like, oh no, somebody's joining me later. Like, very clearly, yeah. this is not about to happen. But he's just like not even trying to hide the fact that he's obviously blowing him off. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> yeah,
0: the jokes really were funny because it was all based in character motivations. Of like, even when he's found out to be, an, like, a, an A wall soldier, and he's like, what? What's happening? why are you doing this like why are you arresting me he's like you're obviously you obviously abandoned your post like all look you want to meet with a man who died 10 months ago and he's like oh what (laughs) like i don't know that at all it's like god you idiot But, um yeah are we okay so what i mean i what we're we're jumping all over the place so i'm not sure where else (laughs) we haven't touched yet
2: I mean, performances, cinematography, um, well, that's the thing, yeah, oh, yeah, amazing, amazing, yeah, um, I was, I was gonna say, I would like, it was fun to see the film print at Braindead, I feel like I do need to actually rewatch it at some point, just to catch, like, um, because, you know, it's a print, and you're gonna get little scratches and stuff, just to get some of the, the, like, full effect of the lighting, um, but I mean, it's, it is just an incredible looking movie. Um, Yeah, I mean, where... I'm curious where you guys feel like this fits into Kubrick's larger sort of filmography because it's, like, obviously everything he did was an adaptation, but I do kind of think that, like, this one does seem to be a little bit more straightforward than some of his, Mm -hmm. you know, other... Some of his other stuff. Um, That's not to say, again, like, it is a three-hour movie. It's not, you know... uh, It's not... He's not trying to do, like, a popcorn film, but, like i i did feel i i do think that's an interesting idea that maybe this one um there's a lot to like there's a a lot to analyze but maybe not to the extent of something like 2001 where people you know are still kind of trying to decode that movie
1: yeah i will say so you know i mentioned um at the top that i this is only the fourth kubrick film i've seen so like i don't i think like I said, I think it's it's definitely I would say the weakest of his movies, um, of the ones that I've seen. Um, which is not necessarily again a bad thing. I, I think I, this movie's still great, but um, mm-hmm. I think I like I like the other ones better because they they make me work for it more, and I think that's part of why mm-hmm. two thousand one is my favorite of the ones that I've seen, because every single time I watch it, I'm like. Yeah, I think I maybe get this a little bit more, but also I still feel like I have no idea what the fuck is going on in the last, like, 30 minutes of that movie. Um, So I I appreciate that. Uh, But I am curious to see, like, as we watch more of his movies, like, where this one ultimately slots in. Because I feel like... It could be, like, somewhere in the middle. Not having seen most of them, I feel like that's just kind of where it feels like it would most appropriately go but I am curious for people who have seen more of his movies
0: I've only seen slightly more um, but I think I would still rank this, I think if I'm going to do a quick order of what I've seen, I think it probably would be 2001 A Clockwork Orange Doctor Strangelove The Shining and Barry Lyndon but I could also see myself Personally, swapping Barry Linton and the Shining because I don't, I don't know if I uh, feel as much about the Shining as other people do. Yeah. I think like technically it's more impressive in uh, a lot of ways, and I think like the cultural impact is obviously more important. But like I don't necessarily find the performances that good. Even Nicholson, I think, is like unhinged, but I think like he does that. <laughs> in a lot of stuff where it's not like he's this is the only time we ever see Jack Nicholson on him. Um, But I do think, like, Barry Lyndon as, like, a morality tale, as this kind of, like, two-part, like, story of this man who fate caught up to in the end. uh, Yeah. I think it's, like, a pretty fun and impressive story to tell. But I will say, I don't think he does anything in Barry Lyndon that... Uh, stands out as, like, you were the only one doing this. Because, like, it feels basically like a period piece, like a lot of other period pieces. Uh, whereas, like, The Shining, there's so so much that you're like, oh my god, no one else is even thinking of this when making a movie. Um, or, I mean, I think, like, the structure of A Clockwork Orange is so impressive and, uh, like, kind of yeah. perfect for that movie. And Doctor Strange, though, I think, is such a sharp satire... Uh, and there's so many choices that are very specific to that. That this one feels less specific and a little more just like a very good period piece that's funny
2: and well made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's. It, oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead, Journey.
4: No, you're sorry. Um, I think that, like, uh, I think Barry Lyndon is unique, and at the time, no one else was doing that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now we're way more accustomed to that sort of movie but like especially when it comes to like the cinematography part of it it was like revolutionary
3: yeah.
4: um i think like the complexity of the stories and the structures ultimately comes down to the stories that he's adapting um so something like 2001 is going to be a completely different story than barry linden and something like full metal jacket is going to be completely different than lolita that i think that is most impressive is that he can do all of them so well like the fact that he can do a comedy like dr strangelove and then something like the shining or i guess full metal jackets kind of also a satire (laughs) um so those ones might be kind of similar um but like the fact that he can cover all of them i think is impressive i think in terms of where this compares to other one it's a different type of story it's more of a linear story in the way that lolita would be a linear story um but i think it's ultimately the whatever the like the complexity of the story is coming from the source material and this one definitely is more has more breathing room it's not as it's more of like a linear story i don't know i don't really know where i'm going with this it's different for sure and Mm -hmm. and is more of like an undulating pace as opposed to like uh, being ripped around from place to place. Yeah. I bet Spartacus though, it's been a long, long time since I've seen that, but I would probably put that below <laughs> <laughs> Spartacus is absolutely at
2: the bottom. That movie is yeah. okay, absurdly thank you for verifying long me. just like I mean like I don't know, I probably should watch it as well. Three hours, seventeen minutes, Jeez Louise, just yeah. looking it up. God. Um But like
4: it's also got like that reedy old timey audio that's kind of like Ugh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But how would how would uh how would you answer the question? Your own I, question, how
2: would you answer Yeah, that? You know it's interesting because I do. It's when you have a director you like so much. It's sort of like they can make a great movie, and it still would not necessarily be towards your top. I would need
3: to,
2: <laughs> I would need to watch it again. Um, if I, I mean, if I was ranking right now, my instinct is probably like uh, two thousand one, uh, Clockwork, Shining. Um, and then, then eyes wide shut maybe. Uh, Ooh, and then yeah, Barry Lyndon maybe around the middle. Barry Lyndon and Strange Love <clears throat> around the middle. And then towards the probably the bottom for me would be um, Lolita. Not because I think it's bad, just because there's other stuff that I like more. And um, and Full Metal Jacket. Although Full Metal Jacket's a movie that I need to watch again. It is interesting because it's like, it is. It is, like, definitely satirical, but it's, it's, uh, it's not a fun watch. It's not, like, (laughs) uh, I remember thinking that one was pretty brutal, um, but obviously that's, you know.
4: Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was, it is satirical, though, isn't it?
2: For sure. I mean, like, yeah, I think they're literally, isn't the end of that movie, like, they're, I mean, I don't know if you guys are going to do it, so I don't want to spoil it too we, much but we like are. they're like we are oh, okay and all right, I right never mind it, so, yeah. But it has Tread i just night remember night. it. okay <laughs> it has an incredible last shot where they're singing it. the music choice is incredible it was the, the only thing i was gonna anyway um yeah no also, i the I, end I, of
4: the oh sorry go ahead
2: no no i i was yeah I, I don't know where i was going with that but
4: um Tony, were you the gonna end... say
2: that the epilogue to this movie
4: no i was gonna say the oh. end of the first half of full metal jacket is a turn um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there was something I was going to add Fucking now I've forgotten Oh, I think ranking For me, anyway, I think ranking Kubrick movies would be Harder than ranking Most directors Like, I think it would be harder yeah. than ranking Like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie Or, cause they're mm. So good, and so different
0: Yeah, they are so different Yeah to speak to
2: that. Yeah um, I think yeah. The, I I was I was just going to say like I think definitely in terms of like cultural impact um I would certainly agree with the idea that like yeah it's the cinematography feels like the boldest thing. I do think there's a lot of really interesting camera work in this movie too, maybe not compared to something like The Shining or 2001, but like again the fact that you have these like really stately painterly like shots where you just hold and hold and hold but like this movie also uses handheld about three times which feels like mm-hmm. shocking about every time it does yeah. like almost every time it does it because you just you have to imagine that like for when this film was made the idea of like okay now let's get some like handheld crazy shit in here for this like you know kind of stately period piece um, <laughs> I thought that was really really cool Yeah.
3: yeah
4: and the fact that like now long Takes are like a dime a dozen. Um, yeah. But he would do, like, you have the really long take, but there's usually a zoom involved. Yeah. And those, I think, look pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Um, when did the cam first, like, become widely. Like, when did people start using it? Was it I have no idea. this movie?
2: <laughs> I, think, I mean, people talk a lot about the use of cam and The Shining, but yeah, I don't know when the first when it actually, when it first became a thing. Um, uh,
1: it was introduced in 1975. With Barry
2: huh. Lyndon. Oh, <laughs> B- bound, bound for Glory, that's what I guess it was. Um,
4: okay.
2: Everyone remembers Bound for Glory. <laughs> no, um, obviously, of <laughs> course. It was
4: Bound for Glory. Um,
2: I'm, and this is just from Wikipedia, which is never wrong. But It says, The Shining pushed Brown's innovations even further when director... Stanley Kubrick requested the camera shoot from barely above the floor um, which created oh, yeah. something called low mode at least is what they called it on that film But um, hmm.
3: can you yeah. imagine
4: just going to the movies and being like oh I read this book they're going to have a horror movie and then you just see The Shining
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: like can you imagine how awesome that would have
2: been <laughs> so like this is another thing that I think is, is is really interesting about this film is Kubrick obviously does not give a fuck about like what he's adapting in terms of being faithful. We all know that Stephen King's not a fan of The Shining. Um, but I actually wonder I if this would me. be one of more his one of his more faithful adaptations because I saw you know, knowing that it's a um, William Mackeys Thackeray book, who wrote Vanity Fair, which is a very a very funny book, a very self aware book. Um, but has I think, been adapted occasionally as this, like, kind of solemn period piece. And I do wonder if this source material in someone else's hands, it would have felt, again, more this, like, this this kind of very stately affair, as opposed to, like, again, like, all the humor that's in this story. Um, again, having not read the book, I obviously don't know, but I would not be surprised if the book is actually quite funny as well. And it's, you know, um, and it's one of his, you know, maybe one of his actually more uh, faithful adaptations, but...
1: Have you read the book, Tierney? Uh, I don't think it's called Barry Lyndon, is it? It's I. It's Barry Lyndon is in the name of the book, but I don't think it's like directly called. It's so like the luck, the luck, rise the luck of his Barry.
3: Fortunes?
1: The luck of Barry Lyndon is the name of the novel. No. Interesting.
4: I think of the Which, movies I mean, I, he's done. I've only read Lolita.
1: Okay, I was gonna say. I think we all know that. Like, Shining. if if anyone were to read. <laughs> a book one of his movies was based on it would be tyranny
4: (laughs) i don't dig this kind of literature like which is i I was just like matt and i don't read
1: was was what i was was what i was getting at matt and i don't read and you do so
4: (laughs) i'm sure my friend shane has
1: read it i I read blog posts and twitter sometimes
4: (laughs) i read road signs as i pass them
1: But sometimes um, if I'm not wearing my glasses, I don't even do that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't read directions like ever, time. so... Uh, as, we,
0: as we kind of wrap up the conversation about the actual movie, um, I do want to say, kind of to go back to that final duel that we talked about in the beginning, the only time Barry Lyndon does something legitimately kind, yeah. like offers generosity is when he shoots the ground instead of shooting Lord Bullington. Which would take care of his problem. He, like, did it before, he could do it again, and he actively chooses to be merciful only for Lord Bullington to take his shot and... Shatter his leg. Shatter shatter his leg. (laughs) Which, yeah, Barry loses a leg, Barry loses his fortune, Barry loses his everything and has to go back and disappear in Ireland. Uh, And it's just such an ironic twist of fate that like a man who has only looked out for himself but one time he looks out for somebody else it's not
1: the right time yeah <laughs> like bad timing bud um i loved the narration at the very end where they were like mm. like he went back to gambling but apparently like yeah by all accounts did not have the same success and it just like <laughs> the camera freezes on him just like awkwardly getting into the carriage with one leg <laughs> just like i thought that that was really funny and sad but Which, mostly funny
4: even when they did that i like went in and googled because you don't have green screens and i couldn't see it like mm. tucked back yeah, yeah. Totally. i also
0: didn't know how they did that
4: they tucked it back <laughs>
0: Well, that's yeah. impressive work. Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive it's like a,
4: a weird yeah. angle to where you can't see it from where they're filming
1: yeah movie magic yeah. yeah um all right let's go
0: through I, these so i only categories. have
3: i only have
1: one other thing that i want to mention before we yeah. get to the categories and it i thought tyranny was going to bring it up but uh she didn't so i'm going to
4: is it duolingo coming in it's, handy
1: no it's the epilogue oh. Of this movie which is at first i was like oh there's more like it felt like we were done here and then the epilogue is just a title card that just says it was in the reign of George III that all the foresaid person- personages lived and quarreled. Good or bad, handsome or ugly, rich or poor, they're all equal now. Which I was like, incredible. fuck, yeah. yes. Yeah. Like, what an incredible way to end this three-hour sprawling <laughs> epic where it's just like, I don't know, they're all fucking dead. Who gives yeah, a shit? everyone dies. Like, yes. You want a moral of the story? Everyone dies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh I I just I loved that so much.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Absolutely. Um all right. Categories. So, uh first one, uh tattoo ideas. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of potential options. You I know, mean, we mentioned how like everything in this movie just looks like a painting. But is there anything more fun than just like a painting-ish shot from this movie? The baby carriage. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um the
4: gun like a gun for the duel
2: yeah the poster of this movie honestly would be a cool oh tattoo. you know what you're oh. right because just the black and white like the silhouette and you have the rose in there and like that would be really cool also i have i have legitimately i think toyed with like getting the carpet design from the shining as a tattoo i i don't you know i don't know if i'm gonna do it a lot of people have that tattoo but Fine, yeah. fine category for for Kubrick, for sure. Lots to think oh, about. for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah, I do think you're right though. The like the the artwork for this movie mm-hmm. is truly iconic. Yeah, and I also think that like that would actually make a good tattoo. <laughs> Unlike you know like some of the landscape shots that are in this movie, like yeah. I don't you're know if yeah, like, just don't <laughs> know just that would make back. like a good tattoo. <laughs> but, like they look nice on screen, but I do like the the artwork. You Good could night.
4: also get, you could get a pair of, uh, tits with a ribbon and then a hand just reaching inside. <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
1: there we go I think could, we found our winner you could do the fake moles too you could get those fake
2: moles oh my yeah. god you could get a yeah you could get a fake mole tattoo on your face Just
0: yeah.
1: like, it's like, not uh, fake anymore actually I actually got it yeah <laughs> that certainly would be a choice <laughs> probably not one I'm gonna make but I don't want to say no you know never say never so mm-hmm.
4: yeah. people um, get freckles tattooed all the time
2: it's true that's wild I mean it's really but... yeah interesting
1: weird. Um, um would you guys spend time on this film set
0: hell yeah i would say maybe not actually i don't know if i care that much <laughs> about where it's happening or
1: <laughs>
0: what is there <laughs> so i'm gonna say one of the few
1: times i'm gonna say nah i don't need to be on this film set yeah i think i would also say no on this one like, I'll just go to Ireland.
4: Well, yeah, that's why I'm going.
1: <laughs> I know i Like, I don't need to go to Ireland to be on this film set. I'll just go to Ireland.
4: <laughs> like, just wander around while they're filming, and then they'll be like, you're in the shot!
2: Chris, would you? I think I would definitely want to be there, um, because it is so beautiful, and you'd just be going around, going to all these incredible locations. Um there are two things that might stop me from wanting to be there. First is the whole IRA thing that you brought up earlier. like a really good uh, point. That's a really really good point. I don't think it was as fun as it looked in Belfast. Um,
3: And... uh, um, Oh, the movie Belfast.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That made made the troubles. That was very good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Troubles were... Yeah. Uh, But I think... The other thing is just the idea of being on any set with Stanley Kubrick is a little bit like I love The Shining and it really is be- one of over time it's become one of my favorites. But like you know, he doesn't exactly have the greatest reputation no. in terms of being a yeah. fun collaborator. So you know, in terms of sets, I like the la- what is the last set you want to be on? Probably like you know Apocalypse Now um, versus the set you'd want to be on the most which is you know i don't know any adam sandler set uh yeah. this is some, this is somewhere like firmly in the middle um,
4: apocalypse yeah. now could be fun if you have the right attitude
0: huh. i mean <laughs> i don't know there's any attitude certainly but wasn't it just like
4: wait wasn't it just like everything went wrong
2: yeah
0: yeah but it was like people were having heart attacks and oh. getting diseases and yeah going to war
2: Tierney is the most outdoorsy, I think, of all of us as, as well, and, like, that's, that's a movie fair. I think. I think you've got to have a high threshold to, to be <laughs> yeah. on the Apocalypse Now set for what, up a what you're willing to put your body through. Yeah. I thought
4: it was, like, like, didn't a helicopter break or something like that? And, like, no,
2: they
0: all, like, flew away to go to war, and then, like, less than half of them came back because the rest were blown up in war. And they were like, well, I guess this is what we got left. This
3: is what <laughs> we we'll oh, use. Man. The fact that he even got that
1: many is insane. (laughs)
3: Um,
1: Would you guys watch this movie on an airplane? Mm, Nah. (laughs) Yeah. No. I don't. Yeah, it's not quite the. Hmm. Yeah. I think there are certain Kubrick
2: movie on an airplane. Sorry, go on, Colin.
1: No, 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 you're (laughs) fine. Like I was just gonna say, I think there are certain movies where, like, I think for me, an airplane movie is a very specific vibe, and that vibe is often. Something that I've seen so many times that, like, it doesn't matter that I'm going to get distracted a million times by, like, you know, flight attendants yeah. coming by, the like, the captain coming on giving some dumb shit announcement that I don't actually care about, like, annoying person next to me Damn. trying to get out to go to the bathroom. Like, I just, I, I like, I, the last movie I watched on an airplane was 10 Things I Hate About You, because... I've seen that movie so many times, and it was just one of the free options that was on there, and I was like, yeah, let's just throw this on. I'll pay attention, or, or I won't, or who cares. But something like this, and, like, to your point, Chris, uh, all Kubrick movies, I feel like, demand more attention than I'm willing to give them when I'm
2: trapped yeah. on an airplane. <laughs> so, I mean, I love 10 Things I Hate About You, and I'm not going to say that 2001 is, like, is a better movie, <laughs> but I, w- I will say that I think one of those is is more rewatchable, and one of those really uh, demands that you pay attention. And if you don't pay attention in 2001, that's also, you know, you might just be sleeping, which is a a valid thing that happens as well when people watch that movie. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Can confirm. Uh, Music music box showing at 10.30 at night.
3: Um, They always did that. It
1: was so weird. They were just like, let's schedule this, like, really epic, slow-moving three hour two hour and a half hour whatever long it is at like starting at 10 p.m <laughs> why why would wow. you do this music box <laughs> ill-advised <laughs> so Although,
3: oh, go, oh, ahead. go
4: ahead um i was just gonna say normally <clears throat> i try and watch a movie that distracts me from uh realizing i'm in a metal can floating through the sky um but this one wouldn't be
0: i would say engaging enough
4: it's too much of a slow burn
0: yeah, I would not stay engaged watching Barry yeah. Lyndon on a plane. And a three-hour movie on a plane, what three-hour flight are you on that you want to spend most of it watching Barry No not way. No
1: way. No way. <laughs> yeah. Um, what character would you want to be? Or what the cousin in the like?
4: beginning. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Nice, uh.
4: <laughs> or or the guys who steal all of the gear from him.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the uh, like the his first like captain friend, the guy who gets shot when they like first mm. go to war, like that. Like that guy just seems like a fun hang. Honorable, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I definitely wouldn't want to be Barry Lyndon.
2: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I absolutely want to be Barry Lyndon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> He's like the only one who he's like the only dude in this movie where you're like that guy fucks. Like that's like that's true. <laughs> like his whole vibe is just like who doesn't want to be hot and dumb sometimes? Um granted hot and dumb and ultimately unlucky and cruel. So like not the, maybe not those aspects, but just sure. you know, the way
3: the, I mean
2: the scene where he's like the scene where he's staying with the German woman and um Like, basically, it's just like, you know, it's so apparent they're gonna bone, but he's just kind of like, you know, slowly walking his way into it. And then, of course, (laughs) as soon as he leaves the movie, like, basically. Slut shames her as like many men yeah. had stormed her, <laughs> stormed her yeah. castle, or some shit yeah. like that. Anyway, um, Barry Lynn Fox. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying.
1: That you're not wrong. Yeah. You you are not wrong. <laughs>
0: I would I would do Bullington because I think it'd be fun. To play
3: <laughs>
1: yes, that dandy. Perfect.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: I do think you would really play up the physical comedy of the the final duel really well. Also. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean. P- pretending you know. to puke is one of my
0: all-time <laughs> traits. it is it is it's like
1: a go-to move for you so. Yeah,
2: it is truly his performance in that that scene is incredible It's oh, wow. like he has to answer what <laughs> like, <laughs> so good um
1: so we did we introduced a new category for our kubrick run which is uh what percentage of this movie is kubrick fucking with the audience uh and i mm. would say to me, this one is pretty minimal. I think like the biggest yeah. thing, the biggest flip you to, uh, flip off to the audience is flip just the you. length. Flip you, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> it, a great you know, point. it's just like a very long movie that just is paced very deliberately. But I, even that, I don't think is like. I mean, I don't think it's that aggressive. Uh, he he mostly gives us what we expect.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Nothing's too surprising. I'm like, a, wait, what?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, compared to something, you know, like, by the time you get to Eyes Wide Shut, where it just feels like he's truly, from scene to scene, he's like, I thought I was doing this, now I'm doing this. Like, it it does feel like this, with this one, I mean, I guess it's either all a trick or none of it's a trick. Like, I feel like he tells you exactly what you're getting, basically, from, you know, as soon as we get the, the, um, <laughs> the ribbon and boobs scene and Barry just being so (laughs) aggressively dumb like um but maybe there's a sense in which it's like is this movie like is it a joke on like you know Oscar voters and people that you know like when it came out and it was probably expected to be this you know um again this sort of like classic stately period piece but it's also you know this sort of hilarious uh dark I mean this really like a dark comedy in a lot of ways I don't know um but yeah, compared to his other films, not not a ton. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, and then the last category is uh, Oscars. So this movie was nominated for let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow! And it won four of them. Wow! Uh, art direction, costume design, cinematography, and original score. Or, Fuck sorry.
4: yeah!
1: Sure. Yeah. I don't. So it's really weird. This is the same year. So it's weird that we did this two weeks in a row accidentally. But uh, this was also nineteen seventy-five, which was Jaws as well. (laughs) Oh
2: yeah. I'm. I'm
1: a little confused about the uh, scoring. Oh, Jaws is all steady. Because Jaws won score, as well. So there were like two different like two different score categories in the seventies. I guess.
2: I bet because it uses because it uses so much classical music they must have had a separate category for that at one point yeah um.
1: yeah so there's best original score and then there's best scoring original song score and adaptation or scoring adaptation and the, the nominees for that one were barry linden funny lady and tommy like the who <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so like <laughs> it does make sense that they would differentiate it that way but it is weird to me that like the academy used to have two different score. Awards.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, um, some movies have just like amazing. We would just call them soundtracks now. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you. I suppose. You, I mean, like all the composers of these are long dead. Whereas, like, if you have a movie <laughs> like any Tarantino movie, a like, lot of people. Minions: The are, Rise of Gru. Yeah, if you have Minions: <laughs> The got, Rise of we've Gru, we've uh, our girl the Phoebe,
1: World. Phoebe, World. Phoebe, Phoebe exactly. Bridgers showing yeah. up there. She's I think, think St. Vincent's on there as well.
0: <laughs>
4: they probably love
1: Minions. <laughs> on, on that note,
0: that is the conversation about
1: Lingdon Stay tuned for the, uh... Podcast After Dark, where we talk exclusively about Minions, The Rise of Gru. <laughs> Um, I will not be participating in that conversation. Yeah. I think that's a Tierney solo pot What the fuck? <laughs> you're the one with the T-shirt. You've got the tyranny. Minions T-shirt. You're the. Only, I don't have
4: the only... that anymore.
1: <laughs> and for the
4: record, that. listener, I didn't buy it. It was very comfortable, and I slept in it.
0: <laughs> um. Oh
1: goodness. All right,
0: so. Uh, we'll quickly go through what we have been up to we'll start with chris uh chris what are some shows movies books etc that you've been uh taking in lately
2: um yeah uh uh i mean i think uh the sopranos has been the thing i've been watching for months on end um, so is this a rewatch
1: or a first watch?
2: It's it's a rewatch, um, and I only have two episodes left on this rewatch. So, oh, although yeah. I've gotten to catch up on some different shows lately, um, Severance, was the the Dropout, those like a lot of I have done some recent ones. I think The Sopranos has been the big thing that, um, especially when I was my semester was going on, and it was crazier, and I didn't have as much time. as like I just wanted to watch The Sopranos. La- like last movie. Um, I mean, Matt and I watched, I don't know if, Matt, Matt you mentioned Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Um, that I mean, of course, Elvis. Oh, my God. I mean, I, honestly, I've just been to see Elvis like five times, so that's <laughs> the main thing I've spent my time doing. Um, and then, and then uh, I was reading uh, Conversations with Friends, Sally Rooney, which was also a show which I thought was okay, but I still decided to read the book even though the show is mediocre but have you
4: read her other books
2: i love um i love normal people in fact i loved it so much that i really struggled with the show which i know most people love and they think the show is a masterpiece too but for some reason this time around i was like it was also i watched a lot of tv when i had covid a couple months back so that was one where i was like um i i decided to do the reverse i watched the show before i read the book um and i do think the book is better but anyway yes sorry tangent i love uh i have not read her her most recent book but i think normal people is incredible
4: i thought the conversations with friends the the book i thought was really good
2: yeah Um, i am liking the book
1: a lot yeah yeah i have not read nor seen either show but i did i was listening to a podcast and i think i can't remember exactly but i believe uh one of the guys on the podcast said he liked the book conversations with friends better than the book normal people but you like the show
2: normal people better than the show conversations with friends I have the
4: same beliefs as that person
2: yeah and and I can see that I think it was just for me reading normal people first and let's just turn this into a Sally Rooney podcast I think like for me just reading that book and being so struck by like how original her voice was and feeling that like I think the show was really well done and, and both the leads were incredible and yet still just having a little bit like, ah, I just like the book more. But I think, yeah, I think if I hadn't, I think if I'd read Conversations with Friends first, I'd probably feel the exact same way. Nice. Matt, what have you been up to?
1: Um,
0: I finished Stranger Things Season 4 with, mm-hmm. uh, with Chris and Freddie. Yes. Uh, and I thought this season was the best one since the first one, even though it is bloated.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, I mean, the other two seasons I really just did not care <laughs> um, and I uh, am catching up on Better Call Saul, but still pretty far behind. Son of uh, a bitch. Yeah, and then the of I've been too. watching a bunch of rom coms lately uh, for something that I'm working on, and so I watched Sleepless in Seattle, I, which was oh sorry, go ahead, which is great uh, and more romantic than comedy, uh, but mm-hmm. like truly a very romantic and sweet. Movie. Um, and then also You've Got Mail, which I thought was very problematic. And um, another movie that I remember being like, yeah. oh, I started Alex and Emma, which is Luke Wilson and Kate Hudson. And boy, Ooh. did I turn that off in the first 10 minutes. It is one of the worst movies I've ever turned on recently. <laughs> it it's at like an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like
1: uh-huh. not good movie. Um, You're really bearing the lead here. Uh, so... Just a quick little background. Uh, Matt, when we were still living together, was trying so hard to get me on Letterboxd. He was like, you would love Letterboxd. It's like the perfect social media for you. It's just all about logging movies and rating movies. And I just never got around to it. And then when I finally started a Letterbox, Matt's like, oh, yeah, I don't really use Letterbox anymore.
3: I'm like an <laughs> asshole.
1: But every once in a while, he will log a movie on Letterboxd. And, you know, you like I said, you buried the lead. You watched When Harry Met Sally. I mean, yeah, I did. Oh, that
0: oh was a yeah. Story, but I, I did not mention that. Um, no, that one, is, that, that's,
2: yeah. It's
0: just so Just as good as good. Say it is.
2: In my it's so good. It's so good.
0: I loved it. <laughs> and, like, that and Sleepless in Seattle felt very similar in terms of, like, the success of the romance, um, where I think a lot of other rom-coms can sometimes be like, why are these two getting together? Or, like, what is the problem? Why are they fighting? Yeah. And I think both of those.
2: Uh, are you going
4: to really watch good. What Women Want?
0: Probably
2: eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's those okay. Those first two are uh, Nora Hitch. Ephron. Um, they are. What yeah. women want is what's her face. Who's
0: Nancy Myers?
2: Yes, yes. Um,
0: bizarro, Bizarro.
2: Who's like an even whiter Nora Ephron, and Nora Ephron is white. But I just want to yeah. clarify that somehow she ghosts.
0: <laughs> Nancy <laughs>
2: Myers is even whiter. <laughs>
4: Didn't, yeah. didn't know it was possible <laughs> we,
1: we did it everyone uh, we found it <laughs> <laughs> we got her um, ladies and gentlemen we found
0: it <laughs> she was
4: um, hidden that's on I, the whiteboard.
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um I, so I mentioned this I saw The Handmaiden um, friend of the pub Jim has been trying to get us to watch that movie for a really long time and i just so happened to be able to catch it at the movie theater that is a five minute walk away from my apartment uh and it's really good um yeah i don't want to say too much about it but there are a lot of twists and turns and there is a lot of stuff in that movie that i was not expecting so that was yeah uh that was that was an enjoyable experience at the movie theater
2: I, I love that, I love that film as well and that was funny, they did that when at brained it a couple months back and oh, that was nice. the one I remember thinking about going to, it's also very long, but, um, I don't know it if it's is. my favorite Chanwood Park movie because I do like Old Boy a lot as well, but it's, yeah, I think that movie slaps for sure
1: Yeah, I that, I think it's the first of his that I've ever seen um, so I have like no connection to him as a director, but I, I was really impressed with the movie, um and then in, uh, the same day, I went and saw Lightyear, which I thought was just okay. <laughs> I love the Toy Story franchise so much.
4: Oh, and then Buzz Lightyear. I was like, what movie
0: is this? Oh. <laughs> it's the movie about... The, th- the real person that the toy was based on which it's
1: which not though
0: movie. it's not it was a movie yeah
1: that saw. <laughs> which God like opens God. up a whole weird confusing so, can yeah. of worms about like the pixar extended universe but anyway i i think the a new story preach uh i think that toy story 3 is like legitimately a perfect end to the toy story franchise and when they announced that they were making a fourth one i was like really and then I saw the fourth one, and I still love the fourth one. And so then yeah, when they so announced they were making Lightyear, I was like, really? And then I saw Lightyear, and I was like, okay, no, I think we can be done here. <laughs> like, I, think, <laughs> I think we should be done here. So there's that.
3: Yeah, um, yeah but I we also, need,
2: like, Woody Conquers the Old West, oh, you know? Jesus Christ. Don't you want to see the, like, <laughs> the fucking Sam Peckinpah version of <laughs> the, Like, he's just going Great around shooting people.
3: <laughs> I've got Good. a snake in your
2: There's place. a snake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if disney were to give us that then yes i would happily take it i just know that the version that disney would give us is not anywhere close to that and i i just don't want exactly. it at this point yeah. so. um, NC-17. i did i also finished stranger things i think that there is you know this version that we got is like 12-13 hours long I think there's like a 9-10 to 10 hour version of this season that would actually be my favorite even more than the first but the version that mm-hmm. we got is just too long there's just like too much fat that I think they should have trimmed um, you know and I also think like the finale being two and a half hours long there's just way too much shit going on like mm-hmm. slight spoilers for an episode that dropped like barely a week ago but like you've got certain characters who are like fan favorite characters who are like in mortal peril and then you cut away from them and don't come back to them for 30 minutes unacceptable like it's just it's way too drawn out i I need i need them to to trim some of that up anyway it sounds like season five they said is going to be shorter than season four and it's all going to be in hawkins so no more bullshit russia storyline so fingers crossed that they can fingers crossed that they can land that plane and then the only other thing that i've been doing is uh i f- forgot that the boys season three came out and so i just like binged all seven episodes of that so that i can watch the finale tomorrow uh and it's been very good i've enjoyed it so far uh, but that's it Tierney. what have you been up to
4: uh so i have consumed no television except for watching this movie in brooklyn is all Ugh. i've done in the last week
1: god bless brooklyn uh,
4: <laughs> yeah cried several times in the first 15 minutes
1: the live texting of your viewing of brooklyn was just like really one of my favorite things that happened to me a few days ago (laughs) like whenever that was you were just like oh i love this movie and i was like me too keep texting me about it um yeah i've done some reading
4: um but nothing new i did have a moment yesterday where i was like man i wish insecure was still going
1: yeah uh yeah did you see the she trailer? She has a new show coming out, though. Did you she watch does, the trailer yeah. for it?
4: It's uh, called I watched, The Rap Shit. Yeah. I watched part of it, uh, but it, I saw it on Instagram, and I'm immediately distracted by everything else on Instagram. so.
1: Yeah. I mean, About I'll probably watch it, but it just like. Oh, same, yeah. I, I was really excited. I was like, oh, she's got a new show coming out. And then I watched the trailer, and I was like,
4: eh. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen the whole thing so I can't say but I was like oh what a great show that was and then I was thinking about thinking about Molly and being high in the closet in the last episode and I was like
0: that was great (laughs) (laughs) um well uh thanks for joining us Chris uh yes thank you Chris Linden episode um and you'll be back on I'm sure for a different Kubrick or another movie um, so thanks for joining us
2: Yeah, thank you for having me this was truly so much fun and uh, yeah uh, Kubrick Kubrick forever <laughs> Kubrick forever you heard it here <laughs> first anyway. huge if true
0: and like Kubrick always said I'M FINISHED!